Yeah, I got you the uh, small one, man, just to serve my dominance. <laughs> just that a little bit, you know, just like, you know, oh, yeah. I'm your dad. <laughs> Big dick and you. Yeah, that's why you got a regular and I got a large. Okay. And you just got a cappuccino. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What'd you get? Large, dirty chai, double, uh, double shot. Dirty chai. Yeah, yummy, yummy, yummy. Dirty hey, chai, man, dirty man, do you ever think sometimes that um, dogs are just people stuck inside a dog's body and they get really excited around other dogs because they need to ask them if they've figured out how to like get out of their own body <laughs> you ever just think about stuff like that no but, I think no, at but like you think about if you're a dog and then someone new came to your house what does a dog do it goes up to him like, how do i get out of this body and then they see another dog like, hey man have you figured out can you speak to any of these humans and figure this shit out yet? Hundred percent. I spent way too long thinking about that. When did you like? When did this cross your mind? I know because I was running. Like when I go running, all the dogs bark at me, and I wonder if they're just like, "Oi, mate! Oi! Oi! You running? Can you hear me? Get me out of here!" That's good. Next, hey, I next time I see some dogs, I'm gonna be... and that's why they want to sniff you up and be like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? Have you figured it out yet? You figured it out? I heard someone figured it out this one time, and now he's a person again." Oh, 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 Dude, 100% that's why you, ne- you ever see a dog meet a new person and just be like, eh. but they're really excited to meet them and they want to sniff them around and figure out if they're the one that's going to be like, oi mate, I know you're stuck in there, I'm going to get you out. Yeah, get me out. What's the secret to That's it, man. Uh, yeah, welcome to uh, episode 39 of the Smith Fitness Podcast. we got Coach Blake. Tarfatty, Ty Fatty. How do you say your last name properly, bro? Ty-fatty. I've never actually asked you, I don't think. Ty Fatty. That's, that's how I say it. Yeah. You're close enough. I've heard of this. Who are When people hell give it the W? Yeah, Ty Fatty. <laughs> Man, you want to hear like, it sounds like you're like a fish and chip shop, or it sounds like it's like Asian lady. No, 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 no offense to Asian lady. Oh, Ty so anyway, Blakey's here. Um, we got some food. We got some food uh, today from. I'm taking these headphones off, bro. I can hear myself too loud. Um, we got some food here today from Pinjarra Bakery. Not a sponsor, not yet. We got a pie each, bro. We got a pie each. Um, I'm not sure. Which is which? Oh, you. You've already eaten. Oh, well, I'll be munching, and then we've got a little, a little baby dessert. Um, some little custard continental scroll thing, and then we've got um, a little bit of a uh, oh, what is it? A chocolate brownie. Yeah, man. We can't drink on the podcast because it's like Friday morning. Well, we could, but I got shit to do this afternoon. I got to coach people this afternoon. Can't be turning up to swimmer sessions like three beers deep, coaching fifteen-year-olds. Um, Nah, so we got some food. So food's the go until we shift the podcast to a more drinking appropriate time and then we can get some beers going. That'll be good. I'll call it like yeah. a Saturday or a footy companion. Well, I, I, I looked at doing like force ones, but they're all five o'clock Friday games, like all of them, yeah. five o'clock Friday. So that doesn't help me out at all. Yeah. Um, so we got some pies to eat. You have that one and I'll get I'll munch on this one for now. Well, you don't, you don't have to start it straight away. Nah, if we have to, if we have to heat them up, we'll have to, we'll heat them up. Um, but yeah, we had 
we had the jaffles last week and I thought, oh, we'll have to get some food. So seeing as you're uh, on one leg, I thought I'd get it in. And then you got your little boy coffee over there as well. So um, Blakey is in. We're going to talk injuries. The reason being, old mate snapped his leg. So Blakey, I want you to uh, talk me through. I'll chuck this up on the screen for you, hopefully. Oh, there we go. Fucking hell, we're going up in the world, eh? Except for the fact that you can't read it. There we go. What happened, bro? Tell us a story. Oh, so... Take it away. I'm going to munch. Yeah, so we're playing up at uh, UWA, round three. Big game. Searching for a win for the Cavs. Yeah, Come on, searching boys. Searching for a win. We're 0-2. We're, we're that was a big win. Big game, so we need to win. And, uh, yeah, feeling good. Um, Warm-up was good. Everything ready to roll. And then, uh, yeah, first, first five minutes... First five minutes of the game. Um, Fucking hell. Yeah, so it was my first touch of the ball too. A quick one. It was a quick one, yeah. And um, young Jimmy made a good line break. I sort of come around the corner and got it off him. And I sort of went into broken place kind of thing. And I had a fella coming in on my right. And so I kind of stepped and then went to go at him. And then I had a fella tackle me from behind. He's hit me but then slid down to like with my ankles and that work. So then I've had him down, his weight down on my legs, and then I took the contact from the guy coming in on the front. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just the impact of kind of gone to the side, but I've had the fellow on my legs, so my legs stayed underneath me. And so back over back over your back, own self? Back over my own self, and uh, yeah, I, I, and I remember clear as just this snap, and it was just clear, I just, yeah, and then I knew straight away. So I was kind of like in a rough edge. Young Maddie reckons that I don't remember where the ball went because I just, you know, it was just. You just strolled away? Yeah, well, yeah. And then, <laughs> so I was like a kid that gets. Yeah. Like when you call for the ball yeah. of a kid who's never played the game and they just toss it. So, so he reckons that the ball was underneath me. So he's trying to like tell me, get out of the way, like, get out, get out. And I'm yeah, long, there, long place for, just, the, for the scrum up, bro. Just going, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, the ball went away, and yeah, I was holding my leg, and I was just, yeah, just groaning, and I remember there was two young ball boys on the side, and they were just looking at me, and I tell you what, their faces were just, uh, I remember their faces, and they were both just sitting there, just shooting themselves, looking at me, looking at them, and they're just like, they didn't know what to do, eh? and yeah, eventually the game would call off, and then yeah, got stretched off, and I could feel, my, I was holding oh, my so they, they blew the whistle, they, they didn't whistle. call the game off. No, 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 no. Blew, blew the whistle. Apparently, it took them about seven minutes to get me off the field. I was just holding my leg, but it was just, yeah. Did you see it and it was like Anderson Silver shit or what? Yeah, it was sloppy. You noticed straight away, don't you? Yeah, I knew it was broken. I just, I, that snap, and I just, yeah, just, I knew it was broken. It was floppy. Like, my whole leg was twitching. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was just, yeah, I was just. And then it gets painful. And then it gets painful. Like, to start with, you're like, what the, f-? and it's like shock. Yeah, once and then once that adrenaline wears off, then just, then it starts being like, uh oh. Yeah, everyone was <laughs> moving me to get onto like the the um, stretcher. I was like, one of the ones that come in like two pieces. Yeah. So you gotta like, yeah, just they're shit stretches, aren't they? Dude. <laughs> Surely ones. you've seen like all the stretcher fail videos, oh, 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 eh? Yeah. Like people getting stretched yeah. off. I think yeah. at this stage, it's like if it's not spinal, just just pick them up, eh? Yeah. 
some of the fucking soccer ones are the best dudes like picking the stretcher up and like putting the dude's face into their ass yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. Or just or like picking one end up and they slide down. But like even just the spinal boards, just with the, the solid ones, you yep. know, just roll someone on. But yeah, so it was a mission to get me off, and then yeah, I just had to sit down about 20 minutes to the ambo came, and I was just looking at this. That's what I was saying, because at McGillbray, and they, there's always footy on, it's oh. right behind, um, is it still called Challenge Stadium? Whatever the fuck yeah, it's called so now. Yeah, so you got hockey playing, you got netball playing. I just thought AFL. there would be a, a stationed medic or paramedic ambulance, like, there. Permanently? Yeah, well, they were there already that day, picking someone else up. Yeah, shit. And and, I, and we like I remember when me, me and you were playing there, like there was every now and then there would be a station there. Yeah. It'd just be hit and miss of when it was. Unlucky, I suppose. Yeah. So. So then you went to. Sir Charles Gardner. Charlie's. Got the green whistle and had a. On uh, the sideline. Yeah, on the sideline. So Who had that? Did nah, they? Nah, that was when the the ambulance came. So I was no, they probably can't ten... just give it to sports trainers, can they? Nah, I, I think if, if you're like a, or excuse me, an advanced yeah. physio or something, which, you know, we've got it handy because, man, I was sitting there and I was... There's not much they're going to do anyway, though, bro. Nah. Well, Unless they've got that sort of... It takes the edge off. What's the green with? Is it it's morphine, eh? Morphine, yeah. yeah. Unless they've got that, what are they going to do? Like, oh... Yeah, don't put any weight on it. No, nah, cheers, mate. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I fucking think I won't. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Ah, shit, man. Yeah, so. So, broken, like, you know it's broken. Yeah. You go, and then, like, I want the whole story, because you, you uh, said you had to so, sit around a bit. Yeah, so, so I'm in the hand, now that I've kind of, like, drowned kicked in, I've got the, you know, I've got, I had the brain risk of morphine. I'm, I'm pretty sweet now, so I'm talking to the ambo ladies, and I'm like, thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I can't get stretched off and it'd be a sprain. Like, nah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'll tell you what, I, I, I think it's broken. Like, I'm, I'm second guessing myself. I'm like, geez, I'm gonna You almost start to, oh, fuck, I hope it's broken. Yeah, nah. I'm, I'm gonna cop it from the boys if I'm getting stretched off just for a spray. Nah. But, um, yeah, so we got to the hospital and got to come in Ambo because so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll be fast tracked. We'll go straight through. Mm-hmm. And the Ambo ladies were saying that as well. So. Next minute, I'm out in the waiting room and I'm just sitting there. And my le- I'm in a wheelchair, my legs down, and the blood is just rushing to my leg. You didn't try and put it up or anything? Uh, Who's with you at this point? Mum and Dad were there. Probably. Sorry, I'm I'm half deep in this yeah. pie, by the way. I got the Saturday one. It's pretty decent. Seven seven dollars eighty though. The chunky steak one, yeah. I think you got oh, you got the cheese one then or something or curry or something. But seven eighty for a pie. It's a bit, eh? Yeah. Anyway, carry on. You should have chucked your leg up. I should have. Who's with you? Your mum was with you? Mum and dad, yeah. I, yeah. You know, I should have known that too, but to be honest, bro, when they said I was getting fast track, like, I thought, oh, yeah, so we'll see if five minutes can go through. Yeah. Oh, dude, you still got a broken leg. Like, yeah. it just would have made things a tiny bit easier, maybe, but. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and it's about 20 minutes gone by, and I'm looking at mum, and I'm starting to get agitated, and I said to mum, I was like, um, you need to start getting me some drugs or something because I'm, I'm hurting here, I'm like, proper hurting. What would your mum like? Uh, Full mum mode, straight yeah, away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your dad she's, like? She's been good. Nah, dad. What's your dad like? You fuck weird. Oh, nah, dad. So, was he like typical dad? Like, oh, what have you done, you dickhead? Yeah, oh, yeah, he was just like. Oh, and nah, then mum's all like, oh, it'll be alright. Yeah, nah, dad was <laughs> alright. He was pretty quiet. He doesn't say a lot. 
when it's kind of that bad situation. But then mm. he could see that I was getting, he could see I was hurting, and then he started getting pissed off and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, stop, stop, boy, absolutely. Yeah, and he went, he went, and spoke to him, and then I, was, I don't know what he said to him, but like, there's a bit of movement behind. But I feel like it was just a, a little fuck up, um, because you sh- you definitely shouldn't have been sitting there. Nah. So once they figured that out, they sort of yeah sorted themselves out. So I went through. So by the time then I went through and like I was, I was in proper pain, boom, bang, stuck the same with morphine, stuck that thing in your veins so they can administer like the morphine and mm-hmm. yeah, why don't you tuck that in there? Like, I'll do it. But um, yeah, gave me a couple of them and I'll, I'll go get your x-rays. And then after I got my x-rays, that's when I noticed that it was like, uh, I've done it good because when I was in there, the, the people on the x-rays, they were like, Oh, yeah, you've broken your leg, and I just tell by the language they'll kind of talk with each other and like, oh yeah, like, you play rugby, oh yeah, this is a good one. And then after that, the treatment was just different. Yeah. Like, I was getting looked after. Yeah. I wasn't sitting out in the corridor by myself, like, there was always someone there. I'm like, fuck, oh, maybe I've done something proper here. How shit are the x rays? Oh. Like, you have to get them, but you're sitting there, like, I know this is broken, and they're like, can you just hold it? And then yeah. they put you on this fucking shit angles oh, and you're like holding it oh man i fucking hate x-rays on. so actually, yeah for that and <laughs> before i go get my x-rays the lady with like the warfare was like oh how does it feel because uh, you gotta go get x-rays and i was like oh that's not too bad she's like they're gonna move around a bit i'm like oh yeah chuck me some more and then <laughs> i'll just take it sort me out yeah so then yeah then after the x-rays fella comes up and he's like oh yeah you broke your leg oh yeah sweet so I'm gonna try a cast on, I'm like, oh yeah, no worries. And then he said surgery, and that's not like, fuck. And I was like, so then surgery, and he's like, I'm trying to get in straight away, but it depends on your swelling. And yep. I said, oh, so I have to stay here, and he's like, yep. Yeah. And that's when I kind of sunk in, and I was like, fuck, here we go. And then, yeah. And then there. once the uh, novelty of like, I don't know, there is like that novelty from my very short stints of ever having to be in hospital, it's like, oh, this. This is cool, that's cool, it's this is new, what's different. this? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, this is fucking boring. Saturday, yeah. Saturday night sitting in ER. Up yeah. there, city ways, like you got some characters. Suss me some Wi Fi or something, would you? Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, some characters come through. Hats off to all the nurses out there, man. They cop, they cop a bit over. You ever been to emergency at Rockin' Out? Yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> yeah. Some fucking specimens oh, in there. Dude. And like, just. Oh man, like there was this old guy going on, like, like full of abusing these people, these nurses, and they're just trying to help him. Some other fellas getting sorted around. Saturday night, yeah, Saturday yeah, yeah, night, yeah. Wow. I was just saying to the nurses, I don't hate those people. Yeah, man. Yeah, but um. They looked after you well, eh? Yeah, so. Eventually. Yeah, I got moved into my room at 1.30 and then it was nice and quiet from then on, and then yeah, I was there for the next five days, so. Shit. I didn't get surgery until. Uh, Wednesday. So just to fill everyone in, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, broken fibula, yep. which is the leg, uh, the leg bone on the lateral side, uh, non-weight bearing. So when you hear people like, "I oh, played on a broken leg," that's the bone that they've typically broken. Probably not like you've broken it. So you've broken that through. I think it's called the surgical head of the fibula, lower end. Yeah, distal yeah. fibula start yeah. using all the anatomical terms <laughs> they make yeah, myself yeah. feel smart 
Um, when you showed me the first x-ray, it sort of looked like a 45 up from like the outside of your ankle, like 45, just sort of straight break all the way through. And then there was another x-ray that you sent through after um, was uh, fixed together from like uh, sort of side on from the front sort of and to a bit of an angle and then you can see that it was like in a few pieces the tibia yeah so he's also snapped through the tibia which is the main lower leg bone shin bone yeah. through the shin basically basically yeah um like i mentioned it's i'll be interested to see when we get into like the rehab what repercussions it has at your ankle because it's not your ankle no nah, it's just above but that fibula side is just above like that head of the fibula which i assume is where most people snap it because it's the thinnest part mm-hmm. um that's, ligaments all right, which is a, yeah that's a good, good which is a good sign for us. like i mentioned about like just comparing it to when i did my wrist like the wrist is obviously a whole host of different joints that have to move in unison so there's a lot of like intricacies to it whereas yours is typically well yours is just will this bone like unify after the fixation yeah rather than like is it going to function properly again so it's i think it'll be more about the alignment of how it unifies back together which is so you've got a 10 centimeter plate on the lateral side of your ankle so fibular side yeah and then about three or four screws through that yeah and then you've got about a 20 centimeter yeah uh plate um on the medial side, so inside, yeah. just fixating the sort of three pieces of the tibia back together. Yeah, it's top, middle, and bottom. Yeah, there was a bit there, that was the bit on the second x ray that I saw, and was just like, oh, fuck. They reckon, they reckon that they had to do quite a bit of manipulation to get it straight again, eh? So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like I did a bit of Googling, the old Google Scholar out last night trying to. Like, just look at rehab, like, um, from, like, fixation surgeries. And, man, it was it was tough to find in, like, the 45 minutes that I <laughs> that I sort of researched it. Because um, everything else goes, like, it's sort of common sense. But I was just wondering if there was any, um, you know, like, things that were typical of these sort of injuries that you should... Uh, look at or that are going to be better off for you in the long run I, I couldn't find any but you probably probably could um, but I, what I did find was that it was it was all more about the how does it realign because if it aligns fucking crooked then it's going to affect your gait affect everything else so it's all about getting that to look as close to what it looked like before yeah so that um, well they could, yeah the alignment of how it joins back together so yeah, what two plates, fifteen-ish screws? I counted fifteen on you. Man, some of them are chucked in at some rank angles, eh? Oh. And you're like, oh, that's like me trying to make shit out of wood, and I just, I just chuck another screw in it, yeah. fucking whack one back that place. But, I'm uh, sure there's a reason for it, but it looks like that, eh? Just, like, yeah, Tetris. Oh, yeah, chuck one there, yeah, chuck, one there. Yeah. chuck one back on the angle, and that was like, like a tent peg. It kind of kicked <laughs> Bit then, but I seen the X-rays and I was like, oh shit, like, that's what they did. Like, okay, like, yeah. like look at my leg. Like, yeah. That much in me now. 
We're brothers, bro. I got him in my fucking wrist still. They they said that you won't take. They won't take it out. No, which is quite interesting. Yeah. They gave me a choice. They said like you can take it out if you have problems with it. I was like, well, I don't want another surgery, so haven't had any dramas with it. So. It'll be it'll be interesting, bro. I guess uh, Air Force now will be uh, going setting off the uh, metal detectors. Yeah, I don't know if. No, nah, you. I, I didn't. No. Nah. No. So it must be. Oh, like, you might. I don't know. Special one or something. Yeah? No, I'm sure like it's like surgical metals probably different. Different. Like yeah. they're not just chucking slabs <laughs> of fucking <laughs> tin inside, are they? I don't know. Fabrication. I don't know. Yeah, you tell me, man. Yeah. So um, that's a, that's pretty much the story. Um, how'd you go with the uh, the painkillers afterwards? So you're still taking them, yeah, knocking you about a bit. I'm trying to. Nah, I did two days, uh, two days ago of just trying to stay off of the heavy ones. Yep. Not a really big fan of them. Like they turn into potatoes. I, they turn me into the potato, you know. And I just don't want How good's the um anesthesia? Yeah. Anesthetic. Anesthetic. Yeah, no, anesthesia. Yeah. Uh, like waking up out of it. Oh. Is like the funniest. Like I know you see all those ones where like kids get their teeth taken out of, or like yeah, and they just start talking mad shit, yeah. which I'm always afraid of. Mate. I'm always afraid of some fucking like vocalizing some of the shit that goes through your head. Like, have you ever like have you ever thought that dogs are actually human? No, but when I remember when I got my wrist done and I was like, it was like the best sleep ever, but it was just like me just like in a chair and like you doze off for like a little close of your eyes for like 15 seconds and it'll feel like eternity. It's yeah. so like, oh, leave me in this state. You know what I mean? Like no wonder people get fucking addicted to all those like uh, painkillers and opioids and shit that make them feel like just numb, but like half sleepy. Like at that point in time, if someone said, you want to live the rest of your life like this? I'd be like, Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was after a big day before. But so I'm getting put to well, I finally get down to surgery. So this is my third time lucky. So I got took down taken down to surgery twice. Yep. Full hairnet on and everything. Getting psyched, alright, I'm gonna get this done. You think they would have it better organised, like, oh we're not gonna get you dressed because it's not right. ready yet? Well you think they'd come to my room and just check me out before they take me down to surgery. They got a lot to worry about though. Yeah. Yeah, they got all those fucking specimens in there. <laughs> when am I getting me surgery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been sitting here for days. Uh, that was me by the end of the Tell you what, isn't it? I suppose it is sort of like a, a reality show, eh? Like those night, those like scrubs. Nah, like a like just a like just call it the waiting room or the something, room. and then just like set up a camera, mate. Set one up down at Rockingham. On like a big long weekend or something, oh, and right. see the units coming and going, oh, and just like laugh. Oh, it'd be a great show, but you'd just be laughing at people in pain. Yeah, yeah. jeez, you probably see a few boys out here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm finally getting to get surgery, and I've got like this um practicing nurse putting in like the again I don't know what it's called, but they chuck the things into your veins. Yep. And so a drip. Yeah, kind of, but it's when they put the anesthesia into your veins. It's like I like, think it's still a drip. Yeah. Fuck no. Anyway, it goes into your veins. She's sort of having a crack, but she's not doing it very well. She's having to pull it in, pull it out. She's Smashing she's your elbow. Dude, you still got bruises for oh, it. Oh, they, they, they tried, but they, they don't want to try. So you'd be a terrible smackhead then? Yeah, that's what I was saying, John. Like, Just because you're not shredded enough, bro. Going. No, you're yeah. not shredded <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> Too much <water. laughs> 
But um, yeah, so she's chucked it in and then the spells are like, alright, oh, you're gonna start to feel it now, like you know, start to feel a little bit, oh, alright, no, and he's fainted in and I just feel like this burning station got my bicep. Oh and I'm like Botched. Oh, I don't think that's in my vein. And he's like, Oh no, you're starting to feel it and I'm like, Hey brother, I'm all here like if I don't think that's in wrong, he comes over and checks me like, Oh yeah, you're right. It's not, so he tries the other Fucking one. Fucking hell. So I took, took one anesthesia full in the arm. Just sitting in there now. Where's it gone? Well, I reckon. Where'd it go? Well, let me tell you the story. Let me tell you. <laughs> so then he's playing one in my hand. So now I've had two. Then I'm out. I'm out like a lot. Yeah. Apparently after deep, deep sleep. sleep. Yeah. Get me there. <laughs> Get me there. I remember the last question he was asking too, he's like, oh, how many beers you drink on the weekend? I was like, oh, yeah. Fucking all of them, yeah. guys. I was like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, not too, you yeah. <laughs> know. Anyway, I wait. So, surgery goes five hours, and before they wake me up. That's ages, eh? Yeah, so. You're just dead, basically, yeah, five hours. Yeah, just, really? Just having a wicked dream oh. of nothing. And then, uh, so before they wake me up, uh, my bladder was full, so they chucked another one in anesthesia in and drained my bladder. So when I woke up, how'd like, they do that? What do you mean? A catheter. A catheter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I woke up, <laughs> so just you wake up and you're at like a urinal and some dude's like holding your dick for you. <laughs> they, they made me drain my bladder. I was like, what? <laughs> they drugged me again and then some dude <laughs> held my dick at the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> I woke up in the <laughs> So by the way I woke up, man, I've had three of these bloody tranquilizers <laughs> all day. Man, I wake up. We talking mad shit. My head was down. My head was down. I just remember all these people talking. I'm like, wait, wait. And apparently I've like looked up. Now I'm on my left side, and I've just looked at my right. And I like, look at me, Blake, and I'm looking at my right side. So everyone else is on the other side. I'm like, I am yeah. looking at it. And like, I just couldn't, bro, I couldn't lift my head, my tongue was out. Apparently, I was cracked up. Mum reckoned I was hilarious. Yeah. Did she video it? No, nah, oh, she, nah, she got a few snaps. Yes. I reckon she reckoned I come around the corner of the hallway and my, my, my face was like, you know, Jim Carrey the mask? Yep. And my like, head of my jaw was like hanging down the side of my half up and smile. I'm like, hey, I wasn't a good time, but I didn't enjoy it because it was just too much, man. Like, apparently, I was like, yeah, because they're telling me how much I've had. I was like, yeah, well, I'm a big, I'm a big horse. You need to take I'm a, a big horse. Fuck off. You need to take a few tranquilizers. Oh, <laughs> give it a rest. But yeah, bro. So I copped a few uh, anesthesias or whatever it is to put me down. But man, yeah, I feel like I'm a lot What happens to the one that just sinks into your fucking biceps? Done. Just body metabolizes oh, yeah. it and gets rid of it. Probably, Mate, yeah. just imagine the first person who was just like, want to get anesthetized. Yeah. Whatever the fuck the word and it wanna go under and they're just like, Yeah, we're just gonna put you out. Yeah. Just so loose shit. This. Or imagine like and look, not knowing that they're gonna come back out of it. Yeah, that'd be scary. Mate. Someone Google history of anesthesia. It'd be fucked up. Who was the first They would do it to like chop chop arms off and shit, I bet. Yeah. Just like, oh, we're gonna have to get rid of this arm. Yeah, they're fucked anyway. Back in some medieval times. I imagine just being getting shot by like or people just, animals, yeah. yeah, or people just had painkillers and then they realised, oh, if we give someone heaps, they just go to sleep. Yeah. This one time we did it with old mate, he woke back up, so there you go, there's crazy. anesthesia, it's been created. And Johnny Those dudes much. get paid heaps too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, not Because they could kill you pretty easy. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Feels so good.
Yeah, it's a <laughs> Feels but, fucking mad. Yeah, good times. Alright, so that's pretty much the story, bro. I um I spent a little bit last night doing your rehab program. Oh yes. Yeah, I'm gonna send you the fucking invoice. Um no no no. I reckon we can suss out like a Wednesday. Because I have Wednesday mornings off. Oh, unless I've got PTs in there. Um but then I, I take the kids swimming. So Wednesdays is Wednesdays is like my day off. But I reckon we can try and suss out. Especially once you get the go ahead to be um to do like unweighted, uh to do um some partial weight bearing stuff and yeah. get down the pools yeah. and do your rehab uh together. Yeah. So I reckon we can do that on Wednesdays at like sort of eight, nine ish. I've got to be back for swimming at like ten Freddy's at swimming. Yeah. So probably eight then. Aquajetty open. Yeah. Yeah. So once we can start doing that, that's probably the way to go about it. I've already seen you doing a little bit of ground and pound and stuff. So, mate, I'm, I didn't get this up on our um, on our OneNote for the potty um, potty notes, but I just did it in Excel. So we're just going to work our way through it, bro. Hopefully, this gives you guys a bit of an insight into some injury rehab stuff. I know some of the times these potties aren't really information based; they're just sort of us shooting the shit. Which is, well, we're going to do that as well today, but uh, we're going to go over some more fitness related shit too. So, this is uh, sort of my wheelhouse um, as an uh, ex fizz. So, rehab plan, man. Phase one, unweighted. So, you're not, you're not putting weight on it yet. You're on crutches. Wheelchair? What was the go with the wheelchair? Tizzy. Uh, Tizzy. Oh, he had one. Sussed us out. No, he went to the shop bar and got me one first off and sit down the rugby. Oh really? Yeah, good man. What hired one or bought yeah, one? one? Fuck. Legendary. I thought you were I was like, fucking hell, if he's in a wheelchair, he's, they're like it's pretty bad. Nah. I just thought, oh crutches, but yeah. so you got crutches, so but you're unweighted, like you're not putting your foot on the nah, ground. Nothing so, like. so it's unweighted. Mm. So unweighted basically. Once you get over um, the painkillers knocking you around a little bit, and they will, like you'll feel, sometimes you'll just be like, oh, fucking lethargic, or you'll do something and be like, oh, that was too much, and just like lose energy. I know that, like, I felt that way a little bit when I was trying to do, like, I only had a wrist, so I'd go in and rip in on the bike or something, but it would really knock me about. I'd be fucking knackered. That session I did um, today, yeah, so, yeah, no, no, so that will happen, man. Along this whole process, like, Knowing that there's going to be setbacks, knowing that times will suck is a big thing as well. We'll get to a little bit of mindset as well because it's a huge part of the rehab. So the first phase is the like the unweighted phase. So the main goal is basically get over that sort of I need treatment part. So you've had surgery, you, it, like things are starting to get sorted now. So once you get sweet with your medication, your painkillers, they're not knocking you about too much, then you can start to focus on this so the main main goal is to limit the injuries effect on your strength and conditioning so basically what can you continue to do that isn't limited by that injury so obviously the main things are you know upper body can you get like strength training done without putting that at risk like there's ways to do it um, and you were doing some like ground and pound stuff I saw yeah that was just a bit of conditioning yeah so but that's good that's like you're going to lose less if you can do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not running, but it's still cardiovascular work. So you want to try and limit the effect that that injury is having on your whole body strength conditioning. So specific exercises like you were doing, ground pound, so boxing, you're off your foot, you're just kneeling on your knee. If it's no dramas, it's no dramas. 
Like they might, surgeon and that might say, oh, we don't want you doing it. All right, sweet, what can you do? You could sit in a chair and punch a bag, like a, a, a hanging bag, stuff like that you could do. So whatever you want to call it, boxing, ground and pound, battle ropes, you could sit in the chair and do battle ropes, get your, um, well, obviously it's going to work your shoulders, but you can get your heart rate up that way as well. Upper body strength training. Bench. You just got to be careful moving around. Yeah. A lot of times with rehab, it's not so much the exercises that can be risky, it's getting to and from the exercise. Yeah. You know, bad back, bad knees, or oh, get down on the floor. Well, fuck, mate, I can't. That's half the problem. Yeah. So you need to adapt things like that. So um, seated and machine-based stuff, so like chest press, you go sit on there, bang out some sets, bang out a lot of sets. Like seated row, one foot anchoring you the front, you can do that sort of stuff. Lat pull down. If it's fine and you're not putting, as long as you're not putting any weight through that foot, you're not limited. So those are the sort of movements. Um, the other thing is what we call a cross-education phenomenon. So training your opposite leg. You're going to lose less strength on your broken leg if you train the opposite leg. Yeah. So I trained, I did like a whole 5-3-1 type of program for my other arm. It was easier doing it knowing it was my non-dominant arm, that it wasn't going to be like... It's that thing on like toy soldiers with that fucking massive one arm or something. Yeah, yeah. Is it toy soldiers? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so like I broke my right arm, which is my dominant, so I was training my left. I was like, fuck yeah, it's all good because it, if anything, it's going to be smaller anyway. Yeah. You're not going to gain much size in one leg. Like if you do, it's a good thing yeah. anyway. So um, most of that is neurological, so your nervous system basically educates itself uh, and there's like a mirroring effect. So you're going to lose less strength in your right foot, right leg, um, if you train your left. Yeah. So leg press, leg extension, hammy curl, again, things that make sense. Yeah. You're not going to try and do like one-legged squats or anything like that where you could possibly put your other leg at risk. So we call that contralateral training of non-injured leg. For a bit of cross-training phenomenon. Um, hip range of motion, which you probably can do. So hip flexion, which is basically less like um, straight leg raise, so like lying straight leg raise, uh, abduction and extension, so lying on your back, lying on your front, lying on your side. Again, easier said than done. You've got to worry about getting to those positions, but you probably can do it yeah. once you start getting a little bit of movement. So lying on your back and just taking your hamstrings through a range of motion. Yeah, and then lying on your front, you're not going to get heaps of extension in prone, but you know it's better than none. Yeah. It's probably better than a like a hip flexor stretch would be sort of doing the same thing. Probably harder to be in, harder position to be in. Uh, and then sideline would just be abduction. So like yeah, lying on your side, taking your foot away, the old aerobics old style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then man, you do a lot of it with the the guys that you train anyways, maintaining hand-eye coordination. Yeah. So ball drills, and you can get like real specific rugby stuff or tennis balls, bouncy balls, you know, catch and pass, right hand, left hand, and do that for reps. And like, that's something that you could even focus on. I'm gonna get really fucking good. I'm gonna do like a hundred catch and throws with my left hand. And like, even standing on your good leg, that sort of stuff. Plenty of stuff you can do like that. That will transfer over. That we typically miss in our normal training. So you can get fucking big guru, some hand-eye coordination stuff. Um, 
So that's basically my phase one, man. So all things that you should be like, okay, yeah, we can do that, we can do that. So it's good to have this plan. It, it just goes to show that, and that, I think that's a big point, is that through injuries, there's so much you can still do. You know, you can try, always train around injuries. Yeah. There's yeah. so much you can do. That's a great program. Yeah, it is. It's better than what a lot of able people do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, not so, not so much a program. Like, it's a plan, but like, look at that plan that I just said. Like, why, why aren't you the best passer in the team now? If that's all you could do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm sort of coming at it from a rugby point of view. Yeah. Obviously, we want to get back to like activities of daily living first, but the end goal is for you to play rugby again. Yeah. I think that would be like fuck. Even if it was one game, and it was like, yeah, fuck. We got, we got back. We got. We played that first game, that's the, like a big deal. So it might be a year from now, it might be 18 months, you know, it might be midway through, season after next, who knows? But that would be, if it's still your goal, that would be where we want it to be at. And I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. So that, like, those sort of things like, train, like the hand-eye coordination, the catch and pass, the balance, all that sort of stuff. Balance will be a big one. That, well, that, that will come in the uh, in the later phases as yeah. well. For, but it, it just gives you something to say, I've got this time now, let's spend it really wisely. Yeah. 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 Um, the next phase, so this is when you can be like unloaded, uh, I'm calling it unloaded slash partial weight bearing. So this is where um, hydrotherapy can start coming in. Um, as, like I mentioned, the, the pool before. So we want to re-establish gait in an unweighted um, environment. So in the pool. So just walking forward and back, just trying to walk as natural as possible. Just move your body with purpose. Get back that little bit of proprioception, even though you're unweighted. Progress from straight lines to lateral, to even changing direction in the water. You could run little half cone drills. So you're drawing a box, you're running a little, to a circle just in the water, so you're unweighted. Um, you'll come down to ankle range of motion. So these are the sort of things I'm interested in to see if we lose heaps at the ankle, I reckon you might. Yeah. Um, ankle range of motion and then ankle strengthening exercise. So TheraBand, dorsiflexion, plantar flexion, eversion, inversion you probably start getting um, a seated calf raise, so like an unweighted calf raise, so you're just sitting there like you're in a chair, lifting your heels off the ground, not yeah. pushing your toes down, um, because that's unweighted. Little ankle taps as well, uh, and then just maintaining what you've been doing in phase one. So that's pretty much phase two, it's like big hydrotherapy focus, so that sort of partial unloaded um, phase. And these phases could be a month, could be six months, could be two weeks. The fuck is my mouse going? There we go. Phase three, where it starts getting fun. So re-establishing, I'd call this a weight-bearing phase, like re-establishing your gait, your walking, normal walking. So that's where that alignment of how the actual fracture and the fixation takes. Um, how much has that affected how you walk? Um, it might affect it uh, to no, no ill effects from it. It might affect it and then all of a sudden, you know, other things are popping up. So um, we re-establish re that. Again, we go from straight forward, backwards, 
to lateral, to multi-direction, running arc or walking arcs, that sort of thing. Um, we increase to hopefully pain-free walking, like hopefully during and after, but that might be a case of, oh, we went walking, I'll be sore the next day. So get through that, so I'm not sore anymore. And then we slowly increase that volume, start to introduce body weight movements, squat, step up, hip thrust. Uh, and we progress it, like I said, through those different, um, different walking sort of like linear, lateral, multi-directional, uh, and then start to implement that jog walk protocol. So might be hundred meters, might be 100 meters, 200 meter walk, jog 50, that sort of thing. So jog walk protocol, and then slowly build that up. Then we have the sort of return to performance phase, which could be broken up into its own phases itself. Yeah. Uh, so we progress from jog, run, to a sprint. Yeah. And then we progress from straight lines. Again, same sort of thing, progress from straight lines to changing of the well, to multi-directional, forward, back, lateral. We progress from the body weight exercise into strength and power exercises. We progress from just simple changes of directions to reactive agility. So more game specific, you running at me, left. You gotta organize your body, push up your left, that sort of thing. Yeah. Throughout this whole time, that body, that leg is getting remodeled. It's getting a progressive load through it to build itself up to be as strong, if not stronger, seeing as there's metal holding it together now, um, as before. And then same sort of thing, you progress from light to game intensity contact as well. So that's basically walked you through four phases of your of what you do with rehab. Like I said, that phase four especially could be into its own phases. That could be broken down four times in its own self, yeah. um, but it sort of goes from that, all right, where sort of the treatment-ish sort of phase to the partial weight-bearing to the weight-bearing to the performance sort of phase. So there you go, man. That's, that's the process. Trust the process. That's going to be it. Yeah, so there's – and there's so much uh, – like any program, there's always – flexibility in it yeah doesn't have to be rigid it's not two to four weeks yeah. it's let's like we're going to do this for the next month all right if we're feeling good i would probably say like no we're still going to do it for a month we're not going to progress in two weeks just because we feel we can let's give it that month it's yeah. a long long time we've got a long time um and if we do everything that we mentioned in there probably going to end up being a better athlete very well informed, know a lot about your, your body as you go along as well. So it's definitely not a rush, but having a plan and a, and a focus on it makes things a lot easier. So there you go, bro. What are, you, what are your thoughts? You got any thoughts on that? I'm looking forward to it. And, and I think this is where it becomes important now as well, that, that coach-athlete uh, relationship where feedback is essential as well. Yeah. between the two parties and, and that's what we try and implement whether we're PTing or training athletes as well is like uh, how we feel obviously we've got to bear in mind what the next process is as well but that athlete it's just, as well. man just having more of a like a plan a lot of the time a lot of the time people oh that brownie man 
a lot of the time people, and a lot of people don't need a plan. Sometimes I've spent so long periodizing programs for people, it just goes out the window. They go from training four times a week, some shit happens with work or, you know, kids or free time or their ability to come in or whatever it ends up being. And then that periodized program is just out the window. So the first things first is like, all right, consistency of training. Then it's like, all right, intensity of training. Then it's like, all right, plan of training, that sort of thing. Like, because you can't have, like, a plan's only as good as the effort you put into it. So you need to have the effort first. Um, And you need to have the consistency in order to have the effort, that sort of thing. So we can go over the top. It's easy for me to write that for you because I'm going to be on your ass making sure you do it. Um, so it, it's it's good to have, but not everyone needs it. Not everyone needs like your general person training for strength and fitness just needs to worry about fucking turning up yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, as as brutal as that sounds, like I can write you, I'll write you a like career long program. Yeah. I could do that and be confident. Like you'll be you'll be ripping. Give me ten years. I'll write a ten year program for you. You'll be ripping, guarantee. You're not going to be able to do it as it's written. Exactly. Like, it, it is what it is, really. Anyway, so you, the, that's the, um, yeah, the rehab process. Oh, like, I enjoy writing that sort of stuff. It lets me be, like, a little bit inventive um, and think out of the box. I like the ground and pound you are doing the other day. I was a little bit like, is he leaning on that knee? You might not want to be leaning on that knee. Yeah, it was, playing around, it was a playing around sessions to build. Yeah, and I would. The point that you made as well with with that program and moving around two different stations as well. We got that little home gym set up. Yeah. And you're right, because we've got like that chest, like that, you know the home gym, that's the kind of the towers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like a chest press, a yeah. row, a lap pull down. Yeah. yeah. And you're right, it's finding that proper position. And I was even a bit sore just sitting on it, and I thought that I didn't have my weight on my leg, but I did. Yep. And it's just like, okay, like just fine. Yeah, and I know, I know you don't have a broken knee. No. But... That, that you'll know about it if you put like weight on that knee. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's you got to be careful with it. So I would have went with I sold the boxing bag here though. By the way, um, I would have <laughs> go and buy another one. Yeah, Chuck it in the corner. I'm bringing the one in from home. You know the way to do it would be because we're not we don't have it to hang. Yeah. Um, is to chuck it in probably that back corner because that's yeah the two real walls joining each other in that back corner and then just put a chair in front of it and then just go that way. Yeah. So you're sitting, bah, 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 yeah. throwing your combos. Are we getting it out? Yeah. Just go get a cheapy one, man. No, like, I'm bringing the one from home. Oh, you got one at home? Yeah, that's oh, sweet. Yeah, so that'll get your boxing sword and same sort of thing. Mm. Set up the battle ropes, bring your chair over. I'm looking forward to it. Get the battle ropes going. Um, I'm looking forward to, I might even, um, we should try and make some fucking YouTube vids out of it. Yeah. I had fun doing, when I broke my wrist, I had a lot of fun, like, because I was sort of limited in what I could do, I had a lot of fun, like, editing those videos together and sort of making those videos, even though, like, broken wrist wasn't the biggest deal. Like, I can obviously move around pretty easy. I could do a lot of other things. It sort of got me into running, um, like, just because it was, like, when can I run? And they were like, oh, not just yet. Um, just with the sort of impact that running can produce sort of everywhere. But it got me into running a little bit. Uh, but I had fun making those um, videos. So we could possibly do it.
together, get the GoPro going. Yeah. I keep losing my fucking mouse, man. What's going on here? Um, all right. Let's go into a little bit of mindset, man. A little bit of mindset. So I feel like this is something that mindset stuff is something I feel like I should know more about because I'm probably... I like to think I've got a good mindset, but verbalizing, verbalizing it to other people is a tough thing for me. Yeah. Because it's easy to just say, just fucking get it done. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, but I, I understand the way that your mindset, because I know the way you are as well. Like, you're like that. You, you are have a very strong mindset. So. But I, I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I've got the, what would you say? Yours just the fucking, not the fucking skills, but I feel like I've got the time under my belt to that I could be, like, give a lot of input in that regard, but I really, I find it tough yeah. to try to get people to be as positive as me or be as like wanting to do the same things I do I don't know I can't even putting it into words to motivate someone yeah yeah in a, in a way I think it's more same actions yeah I'm de- I can I definitely find it easier to be motivational through my actions yeah. more than words yeah. there you go I said it do as I do yeah, I find it hard to probably sympathise or get on the same level as other people to try to get them on my level, which sounds like, oh, on your, you know, but yeah. Oh, just, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know where I come from? Just, just, so I want to talk a little bit about mindset, though. A um, couple of things that I speak about, I spoke about with uh, Brendan yesterday, one of our members who's doing some like army related, special forces related sort of training, like he really wants to get into that sort of realm. So he's doing some hardcore shit with the guys from the mill gym as well, a couple of uh, ex-servicemen, SAS sort of dudes, I think that's what they are. Um, they're doing like some 36 hour challenge where they're just getting beasted, sort of boot campy, like fucking army boot campy. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, sort your brain out right now. This is going to suck. You're not sleeping. We're waking. Yeah. 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 So, um, and we're talking about, you know, these little voices that you have and I call it sort of mental reps. I'm not sure if I've spoken on it before, but we have that voice that pops up that says we could take the easy road. We could quit completely and just be happy with a mediocre performance or a mediocre effort and it's turning that voice not turning that voice off but reacting to that voice in the positive makes the next time a lot easier so i call it mental reps i did a lot of it last year it would come up and i would have these you should just like just walk for a bit man those sort of feelings like you're still walking like i might be fucking 15 k's deep, so you're still ripping, but I just walk for a bit, man, and then, oh, nah, that, oh, nah, fuck, like, push that aside and keep going. It happened the other day, my phone turned off, I had 10 k's left, 
of a 21k. My phone turned off and I was at the end of my street because I just run around Gold Bay. And my phone turned off and I looked down the street and I thought, fuck, just go home, bro. Because I always like have music on and I've sort of told myself I need to have music. Yeah, I need to have an audio book. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to the Ross Edgley book, um, Art of Resilience, yeah. which is sort of ironic. Yeah. Um, okay, you're gone. So <laughs> I run around, I sort of look down the road and I was like, ah, just go home, bro. It's like fucking... 9 p.m. Like you've already run 10k's, just call it a 10k. Yeah. And like the plan was 21. Like, fuck that. Like I sort of, I probably even said it out loud. Like fuck that. It always seems to be on my right hand side too. That little like bitch ass AJ said, man, I still did 10k's. That's good, man. Like your phone just died. Then I start with like start thinking. All these thoughts go through my head, and I'm just sort of looking as I'm running past the turn off to the street. Sort of thinking, oh, what if Kelly tries to call you? Your phone's on. And like all these little things, like it's not that big. She's never called me before on a run. Yeah, yeah. Like I start making these little excuses that oh, I should go home. Yeah. So push it to the side. Right, I'm going to call him right hand AJ. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, and then just keep going. PB the half marathon. Stoked. But that little thing, if you can keep pushing it aside, becomes a habit. If you keep saying, yeah, 10 is good enough, you're not, you're not giving yourself the chance to, you know, fulfill your potential. Yeah. See what you can actually accomplish. Yeah. So I was talking about that to Brendan and he was like, yeah, exactly the same thing. Like makes the next one easier, the mental reps. Yeah. So every rep, every time that you do that, it's another little, got that rep done, got that rep done. I talked about it with uh, Connor who's doing, um, some police stuff is on the testing to get into the police and he wants to go to like TRG and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So man, so he's doing beat tests, doing a lot of beat tests as warm ups. Um, we're not just running it, we're doing sort of like level five to eight, level five to nine. So like little sort of four or five warm ups of it. Um, he had a lot of problems with shin splints, so we're just making sure that we're not chucking him in the deep end. Um, and I said, man, when it gets to the, the end, Every time you turn around is a little mental rep. Now, eventually, because it's a test, you are going to break or you're not going to make the beep. Like, it's it's a test of your physical capacity. So, you can't just think yourself into oblivion, yeah. like, by trying harder. Eventually, you will fucking stop or slow down or not be able to make the beeps, that sort of thing. But I sort of t- said to him, I was like, man, there's going to be, like, 20. If you can get through 20 where it sucks and there's, like, a mental like battle at the end of every fucking turnaround on that beat test you just think fuck turn around win that like it's a mental rep because we've all seen that beat test where that there's that one step where we're like oh oh, oh, oh." we feel sorry for ourselves for like that one step and then you're out the next you're out the next interval yeah yeah so every every time you come when it starts getting tough man just say 20 you do 20 more reps that's fucking two levels nearly most of the time, it's like 20 mental reps, man, at the end when it starts sucking. And Makes things so much easier. Now, to put this into your context, you're going to have these times where it's all too hard, where why did this happen to me? It's how you react to those. You're allowed to have those thoughts, 100%. It will be weird if you didn't. You'd be a fucking psychopath. But you're allowed to have those thoughts. It's how you react to those thoughts. Do you go, 
Oh, I got training tomorrow. Fucking training today sucked. Ah, oh, fuck. Boys are going out for beer. I'll go out for beer, won't train tomorrow. Then, like, you've made that work. Like, now you've just made it worse. Yeah. But it's like, oh, nah. Today's another day. Like, tomorrow's another day. We're going to get up. We're going to get at it again. Yeah. So it's that sort of, and that's just one example. It's It could be, you know, just being in a, a, a shitty mood about it or letting it affect your day-to-day. It's how you react to those setbacks those shitty little times that you have. Why can't I do this? Fucking hell, I wish I was playing. It's how you react. So, and you've already sort of, you can see your mindset shining through because you've already gone, like you've already done a session. You're punching a bag and you've already gone down to training. So it's not like, oh, I'm injured. I'm not going to go to rugby. Fuck that. It's like, all right, can I go and run water? Can I fucking fill water bottles? Can I... You know, do some sort of coaching, that sort of thing. So it would be easy to just go missing. Yeah. yeah. You know. And that'd probably be worse. So that's what I would. Oh. You know, get dude. down and it'd yeah. be a lot So it the the thing is to. I said this before on the podcast. I think it might have even been the title of one of our podcasts. If you know something's going to be a problem before it's a problem, it's less of a problem. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Probably not. But it does. I learned, I learned a lot. You know, oh, this is my second surgery for the year. Yeah, we didn't mention that. Yeah, so now at the start of the year. I Bro, it's hot in here. I'm about to take my <laughs> shirt off on the pod. Mate, we've been very, like, we've been very, uh, I don't know, not loose yet. This is good. This is, this is good. You're getting to some nitty gritty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but with my mindset where I'm at now, this is my second surgery for the year, so for those that don't know, I had um, two hernias fixed in my groin. Week. <laughs> Week. Just uh, musculature. Pre, yeah, pre-season, so I did a full, worked pretty hard in the off-season. Fuck and, off, oh, Troy! Oh, I had everything this time, just hold on. Far out! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my home is fixed up at the start of the pre-season, so I worked hard all off-season with the boys, just feeling good. I knew the surgery was coming. Mm-hmm. Surgery comes, and it was actually harder than what I thought it was going to be. So I thought. Dude, training knocks people around, eh? Right, and, and I wasn't, I didn't expect it for what it was. I didn't respect it. Yeah. So you know, I was in some good nick coming to the surgery. Thought, oh, yeah, six weeks, three days, I'll be sweet back up, ready to roll. And after the surgery, I was that sore, just an awkward spot. You know, it hurt to walk, get out of bed, through your core as well. And I just watched myself deteriorate physically. Yeah. And I had some stuff going on personally as well, like relationship stuff. And it really hit, took me, it took me to a dark place. And I really went down an avenue of where it was. You know, I was start getting on the pierce, dying about training. Yeah. And I, and I went down that dark, but. And I was there for you know a good couple of months, and I learned a lot about myself and being in that situation that that I come out with a saying and it was it was literally it's either gonna make you or it's gonna break you. Nice. And that's where I'm at now with this second one. Like you know I was gutted. Like you, I finally just after this coronavirus, I finally got my strength training back up to where I was. I was feeling good. Mm-hmm. You know I worked hard in the gym. 
pain is off, I can't feel it anymore. Yeah. Two games in, I'm telling you on the boat, I'm, I'm starting to find some form. Like, Dude, his, I think his chat before the before the broken leg was, you'll see team of the week, mate, you'll see number 12, and I was like, fuck, here we go. So I'm feeling good, and, you know, I was getting ready to perform and working hard, and then bang, you know, and I remember saying saying to mum, and I truly, I believe in the law of attraction now, though, because... I was saying to mum, you know, I've got some stuff going on in the background, personalised again, and I was saying to mum, I was like, all I need is my gym and my rugby, and no serious injury, and I'll be sweet. And I dwelled, and I kept saying, and yeah. I kept saying, and then boom, big injury. Shit. Big injury. But, and, and um, I was gutted, bro, and, and that first week of being in the hospital, and everything's new, so it hasn't really kicked in yet, and you're kind of like, oh, yeah. It's like, this next, this next sweet. sort of few weeks is uh, that's why I was like I oh, will get Blake in for a potty and sort of almost like sound like a dick but like give you something to do yeah give you something to look forward to that sort of thing and I think the boys the boys um came around and uh, sorted you some breakfast and stuff yeah. which is good oh, man, so those little great. things are um those little things are definitely very helpful yeah. to start with but you're supposed to you're supposed to like uh, you go through those stages. Yeah, I'm gonna have a good there is some fucking what are they called? There there is like a an injury model where you go through and it's like um, you're like you sort of think why me? Yeah. Then it's acceptance. Yeah. Those sort of things. Oh, well, it's a, like so it didn't sink in. And Monday this week was when I had my moment and I was like I didn't come to work on Monday. Like and I was like I'm not going to work this week and I was like. Need to find like find something, keep yourself yeah. busy. Oh, you just fit, and but as you said, every day is a new day, and that's how I'm seeing it. So it's yeah. like, oh, I'll have a shit day on Monday, wake up Tuesday, right? What are we up to? Like, let's go again, you know? And then that's the saying that's going to get me through is it's either going to make it or it's going to break it. Well, I said that to you as soon as it happened. I said, man, there's two things that'll come out of this. I think this is it. Yeah. Anger, depression, from like, so it's a, what do they call it? The cognitive appraisal model of psychological adjustment from athletic injury. I didn't learn it as that. But yeah, you go through those stages. So it's, that's typical, man. Like you're going to be like, fuck, like angry. Like think, yeah, why did this have to happen to me? Then you start to come to accept it. And it's going to come and go. It's only week two. Yeah. I've got a long process, but it's day by day. Thing. So knowing, knowing that these things take place yeah. makes it so much easier. So you can sort of think about the thoughts that you're having as deep as that is. So what? I'm thinking this. All right. I need to react to it unemotionally yeah. um, in order to have a more positive outcome. Like I mentioned with the hand-eye coordination stuff, so that that was that to me is something that's like, all right, you can do that. You can like get like tunnel vision and become like fucking sick hand-eye coordination. You can do the same sort of thing with anything. Like I mentioned the videos, I was making videos that was like keeping me busy. Yeah. You already asked me the other day when you came in, it's like, oh, you know, what can I what can I study up? I'll study up your own injury. Yeah. Like be a wizard on like what's happening from an anatomical point of view, you know, physiological, 
what's happening at the like with the actual bone itself what sort of surgery you had um there's all you know different terms that sort like i would go 100 100 into that and really you know get to know that as your first call to call so today i'm going to learn about you know like how bone how bone remodels itself and that, that sort of stuff man because it's so it's so fresh and you're dealing with it yourself like put yourself into it yeah. that's where i would you know you, you sort of ask me and there's all the like strength conditioning stuff i would you know go go study up on like active myosin and muscle contraction and all that sort of stuff. Nah, man go study like what you've done yeah. and like really know about it um but yeah the um fucking hell where were we bro the mindset. Yeah. Are we, so the the are we big. Make or are we yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I said to you. I said, um, fucking hell, lost. I lost the plot there for a, for a minute. Had a half stroke. Um, I said straight away. I was like, man, you'll either be, and I fucking hoped these sort of people, you'll be that guy with the the leg injury, or the oh the ankle, oh bung ankle, or you know, the the just those people that have it and they they let it become them yeah so i'm the guy with the bunga i can't do that my fucking leg yeah, i can't i can't 10 years like i see it all the time with like old footy players and shit like that oh, i've got a shoulder yeah. oh do you yeah you know and they're the shoulder guy and they've they've created these limitations in their own head man pain and limitations are, are ma- there's a massive psychological component to it and it's not my area of expertise, definitely, but so many people talk themselves into being in worse shape than they actually are, and they talk themselves into like, I can't do this, I can't do that, I've got the shoulder, oh, that's gonna hurt me, rather than you know having that more positive outlook at it and saying, yeah, oh, fuck, like, for myself, I broke my wrist. I've done my heavy, like, heaviest cleans since then like I've still like front squatting with it but I could have also been like that oh I can't do push ups I have to do them on my knuckles I could have been that guy yeah you know what I mean and you ask some people that do and it's a mind it is a mindset thing sorry to interrupt it's a, it is a mindset thing but it's also a how much effort did you actually put into your physical fucking rehab that's so, exactly what I was going to say you ask some people so what did you do to fix it yeah oh, well yeah like oh, well, no wonder what you so many people are say, oh you seen a physio no oh, nah yeah. I was like, man, I was going to a hand therapist. Yeah. You tell those fuckers to turn their music down. Wait up. Boys, I'm giving up. Fucking just booming the place, man. AJ's going out to tell the boys to uh, turn the tunes down a bit. Boys, getting into their Friday session. Good to see. You're gonna have dead air. Kill, kill, nah, 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 I was, uh, the boys, like, the you're just in here by yourself. Unique New York. <laughs> Unique bars New York. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are trying to get on the oh, I didn't close the fucking door. Have you eaten that pie? Nah, bro, I'm honestly on the floor. Bro, eat that pie. Oh, fucking hell. Don't ever come to the podcast full. What are you doing to me? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the mindset stuff now that I'm getting into, it comes part and parcel with endurance based stuff. 
So now that I'm getting into this, I think I need to try to figure out a way to verbalize the my actions and make motivation and mindset a little bit more of a uh, not feather in my cap, string to my bow. The right way is not in your belt. You know what I mean, though. Yeah. Because I feel like I do have something to add there. Yeah. Um, and I and I've been able to show it through endurance, basically endurance events, and you know, people have said that that's helped them seeing what I've done. It's helped them, you know, start or get off their ass or do the training session that they're thinking that they shouldn't do. But I'm not very good at verbalizing it, so I feel like that's something that I can work on personally um, and maybe, do a better job. Maybe a technique for you to do that is that when you come in from your runs, write down where you had that little moment where it was like, "Is I can either walk here, yeah. or I can keep going, or you know the little battles that you have on the long run." Bro, I know. Like I had some the other day. Half the time, I'm just in my head, just going, "Fuck you, are ripping." <laughs> oh, here he is. <laughs> I kept back. I was like, bro, if you had more time, I would have kept running for another hour. Uh, well, just being honest, bro. Pick up the trail then, boy. Just being honest. Yeah, run faster then. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> ah, shit. Anyway, that's something I, I think I want to work on as well. Um, I, especially over the shut, what do we call it in Perth? It wasn't a, was it a shutdown? I keep calling it a quarantine, but we weren't really quarantined, were we? Uh, a shutdown? Gym shutdown. Yeah. Over the shutdown, when I was doing a million of those fucking daily sessions, I started reading books on stoicism. Okay. So the stoic philosophers, uh, Marcus Aurelius is the most famous. Oh, that's not No. No? <laughs> Read a book. Read a book. No, no, no. So, just for uh, a sort of a philosophy. So there's like Marcus Aurelius, and I started reading um, Seneca, and they're all these like sort of ancient Greek philosophers, and it's it's all about reacting unemotionally and and sort of carrying onwards uh, when you see when you come to a fork in the road or an obstacle. Um, But the reacting unemotionally was a big one. And it's a lot of the the writings and that. Some of them are hard to get through, man. Like Meditations by Marcus Aurelius is like his journal that's sort of been translated and made into a book, but it was never written as a book. So it's it's all that like old time he has speak and hard like for me it's hard to read. But you'd see all these quotes and it's you know, it's about having like a, a stoic outlook on things and and the big one though was reacting unemotionally and i feel like from an injury rehab perspective that's something that you need to be aware of am i reacting emotionally to this setback you know or this problem that i'm having and rather than reacting emotionally because it doesn't normally you know create a good outcome We sort of react with purpose, react to have a more positive outcome. And that was a big thing that 
obviously it's a perfect time when your business has been shut down to start getting into that sort of thing. So it was like, what can we do next? How can we do this? So, you know, it was straight away I sort of vibed with it anyway, because it's up my alley. Yeah. Um, it was like, all right, everything's online. All right, we're doing programs. All right, we're keeping busy doing all those sessions, that sort of thing. So it's one thing to think about as well. So the obstacle is the way you want to go. You're going to go towards it. The obstacle is the way, as they say, um, and you'll be better off, you know, being confronting it head on, knowing things. Are going to come, you're going to come across things, but you'll have the strength, determination, motivation to carry on through it. How's that sound? There's me getting fucking motivation, bro. Ah, All right, I think we can uh, we can get off that topic a little bit. Let's 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 freshen it up a little bit, bro. Let's get a little bit lighter with the vibe. Yeah. What have you been watching on Netflix? Kingdom. Kingdom. So, Is that uh, that fucking Viking sort of shit? No. no. It's an MMA. Um, oh, yeah. Frank Grillo's in the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he runs a gym and he's got uh, one of the, the um, Nick Jonas is in it. Nick Jonas? Yeah, one of the Jonas. Is that the hot one? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I nearly caught you there, right? Yeah, it's the hot one. Hey. Uh, I didn't know what was in because my sister came in and was like, oh, that's one of the... Oh, get rid of it. Get rid of it. But, um, yeah, you've been watching that. It's not bad, bro. Yeah, Julie Hansen got down to it. So it's pretty easy watching, and especially when you're sitting there and, you know, pop a couple of pills and, you're, you know, your tongue, your tongue's hanging out of your mouth. Living the dream. Your tongue's hanging out of your mouth. It's easy Invite watching. Invite me over. <laughs> no. It's easy watching. No, we're not condoning that. taking drugs. Okay. Um, so Kingdom, anything else? No, that's it, hey. Oh, you know what I've been watching? All the rugby games, bro. So I've been watching... League or Union? Union. I've been watching... Um, oh, Carlos Spencer playing? Yeah, I watched Fuck a couple yeah. of old school Blues games. A couple of like, Quaid-era Reds games? Yeah. Fuck well, yeah. I watched, um, I'm watching 2015 World Cup and 2011 World Cup. Dude, there's some good oh. teams back there. Australia's team in 2011 was pretty good. Dude, I was trying to find covers um, to do. You know, I've been making little like video game yeah, I fucking like, things. I, like I tried to find a... Um, a rugby game one and put like me and you on it. Dude, someone put Sterling Mortlock on a rugby game cover. Oh, what the nah. fuck? I used to think he was the ugliest rugby player, eh? I'm wearing his gloves. <laughs> gloves. You know who fucking ripped the gloves? Who? Matt Ditto. He did. He did. Ran the gloves. So did that Hindjack, Chris Hindjack. Uh, Henjack. Henjack. Matt Henjack. Matt Henjack. He used to rip the gloves. Um... Did you ever run them? No. I ran them for a bit in juniors. Did you? <laughs> no, you were one of them. <laughs> oh, nah, we all, honest, we oh. all did. Nah, oh. I played scrum off, you know. Like oh, Blakey, when you actually get them all. Nah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, <laughs> Yeah, nah, those are, I've been, some of the old rugby league games. Oh, yeah. Some of the players, man. The old, um, I watched, what was it? It was an old Raiders. The old Raiders, yeah. like 94. Oh, mate. 
The team was stacked. Bro, the, them old league games, I like to watch that Gordon Callis highlight, man. He was brutal, bro. Like, he would just <laughs> crack people, like, just... There was one like, swinging arm, and this dude goes off, and he's just, like, his face is just munted, and they're like, oh, there's not much in that. The commentators, and it was just... It was assault, bro. <laughs> yeah. You used to be so barbaric, eh? Yeah, they must look at the game now and be like... Ugh. Oh, yeah, but that's why half of them are fucking complete dum-dums, bro. Yeah, they're Can't they're think they're straight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so many just swinging it. arms, just chopping people in the face. Don't just run it off, mate. We'll put someone else on. Fans, I think it's Origin 1 or 2, and it's like their first scrum. But oh, they just they scrap just, on. They just come for a scrum and then the boat... Dude, they take them. They tape their fucking hands. hands. <laughs> like, they'll bot, like, Arthur Beetson, bro. He's, like, taping his hands up. I love that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Just ready to box. Yeah, just ready to just have a crack. And then, you know, the best thing, then they get on with it. And, like, it's just, all right, off you go. Yeah, it's so good. Now, now run it straight at each other, bro. Yeah, run, just run it straight, challenge your whole career. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Dude, love it. So I've yeah, been, that's what I've been watching, just old school. I've right? been catching a little bit of those old games. Yeah. Um, the old Raiders, like some of the old teams, because that was like what I grew up on, like those like mid-90s rugby league yeah. was my fucking jam. The Raiders, Raiders and the Broncos used to be my team. But the Raiders team, man, it had like Brett Mullins, Ricky Stewart, Bradley Clyde, Laurie Daly, Mel Meninga, yeah, yeah. Noah Nandruku, oh, Ferner, Walters. That's like what you... That was just a little bit before. A little bit before. It was sort of like, I think it went like Raiders, then the Broncos were the shit, and then the Knights were the shit. Sort of like early 90s, mid 90s, late 90s. I think it was a bit like that. Yeah. So the Knights, I think, only won one grand final. I think, fuck knows. Um, but that Raiders team, man, whew, that was my, that was my shit. My mum's a Raiders supporter. Well. I, I sort of used to be because it was Rockingham Raiders. That was yeah. like the team we used to play for. I used to run out in the number three, like big mouth. Yeah. Um, Bro, do you know what'd be sick? Having like one of the old Rockingham Raiders jerseys, man. You never see anyone getting around with them. I wonder what they did with all them jerseys. Fridge gave me one. Did he? Yeah. You got one. Don't know where it is. Right. Oh, you gotta find that. My uncle played for him, and like, I've been asked, like, all right, you got that got any jersey? You reckon he does? Like, there was some like, cool jersey, like cool jerseys, man. Also collars and everything. Yeah, there was a white one that we had as well, yeah. a white, green, and blue hoopy sort of getter. Oh, yeah, that was good, man. It'd be cool to wear. Like, Long live the Raiders, man. Raiders used to crank. Yeah. Played for them from like under sixes to like fourteens or something. Um, I've been watching a show called. Uh, I, I finished the hundred. Oh, show okay. called The 100, yeah, bro. Yeah, I was yeah, way yeah. too invested in that and it just went bonkers. Oh, really? Bro. It so was what, cool. Like, the, the whole premise... What's your rating? Oh, bro. What's, what's your review? Fucking five. Oh, true. <laughs> so not even over time? The first season's sick, right? Yeah. Earth became uninhabitable, oh, so they, like, sent everyone up into a spacecraft called, oh, what do they call it? The Ark. Yeah. So like Noah's Ark, so it's in, but they put it into space, yeah. and then it's like the next generation. So like they've all grown up; they're like born in space, born on the ark, and but they're running out of oxygen. So they're like, shit. In order to survive longer, we have to get rid of some people. So they send a hundred people down, back down to the ground, just thinking, like as a bit of an experiment. Like they'll probably die, but maybe they'll be able to live and send back signal like, hey, we can live down here. So they go back down and then they like 
realize there's still people that have been there for like two, three generations, oh, and they call them grounders, and then they have a fucking battle war and shit. Oh, but then the whole thing, bro, it captures you in. Because I was like, that's sick, that's yeah. cool. Like, it almost could happen. Yeah. Or, like, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm not really into big sci fi and shit like that, but I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. sweet. And then they get you with like season two, and then season three. By the end of season, I think I've watched like seven seasons, bro. Jeez. Like it's taken me two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a long story. Dude, by the end of season seven, spoiler alert, they end up freezing himself, putting himself to sleep for like a whole nother generation while the uh, new spaceship they're on finds another planet. Then they go to another planet where people are able to download their consciousness and put them into other people that they call like hosts. So these people have been living forever or for ages through other people's bodies. But just like it just lost the plot, right? So they wake themselves up, but then there's like an army that's sort of waiting to be woken up as well on the fucking spaceship. Oh, it starts getting loose, bro. Yeah. And then there's a thing that happens on this planet that they found where, like, the sun does this thing and then everyone just wants to kill everybody. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's fun. It goes so loose. Hey, why did I watch this whole thing? <laughs> that was the, that's called The 100. Don't watch it. Watch the first season. The first season cranked. And then I started watching The Rain. The Rain? The Rain, bro. Now, this sort of got me because it was, you know, like the... I didn't watch it, but there was, like, that show, The Pandemic. It was on Netflix, and it was like, oh, this is crazy because it's sort of happening. Yeah. Um, and there's this one called The Rain, and it just starts off, and it gets you in as well because it starts off this girl's like late to class, and she's got an assignment. She's like going in like, oh, sorry, I'm late. We've got this assignment ready, blah, blah, blah. And then her dad comes rushing in. It's like, what are you doing? Answer your phone. It's in like, it's in set in Denmark. So they're all Danish, but they're speaking English, right? Yeah. And then they, so he grabs her out of school and was like, you should have been answering your phone. Puts her in the car, and then over the radio in the car, you hear like, you know, reports of people being becoming ill from the rain. It's like, oh, what's this about? And there's it running, and then the dad's driving really fast. It's like, Dad, what's going on? What's going on? They end up having this big crash. When they crash, it comes over the radio. It's like reports of more deaths uh, from people exposed to the rain. And they realise like the rain is killing people. Oh yeah. It's like infecting people, and those people are infecting other people. And then they run off into this cabin in the woods puts them down into this cabin and they stay there for like six years. That's like the first episode. And then they get told not, not to go outside. Their dad will be coming back. He doesn't come back. And then they hear a knock and they think it's him. They go outside and this dude like tries to infect them. Spoiler alert, their mum comes to help them and their mum ends up dying and they're stuck in the bunker for like six years before they get out. True. And then what it carries you? on from there. Bro. Yeah. There you go. All right. So what, if anyone's in to watch the rain... And then I got to the end of season one. It's It got a little bit, you know how they like, it's almost like they write it and then someone's like, oh, yeah, nah, we'll make it. And then they're like, fuck, I better write the next few. Yeah. And then they just start making shit up, like yeah. Lost. Yeah, it starts going. Yeah, like, like the 100 did. Yeah. And I was just like, wait, what the fuck is yeah. going on now? Um, <laughs> it's sort of, I could see it maybe possibly starting to go that way. But it was pretty cool. Like they couldn't get rained on. Yeah, okay. Um, they couldn't touch like water. That's sort of like so they eventually like decide we're not gonna stay in this fucking bunker, there's no food here anyway. Yeah. Then they go outside, there's all these people that are like roaming around fucking like zombie kind of No, no, like roaming around that haven't been infected yet. Oh, but okay. they're like no one's got any food. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're all like 
trying to find food, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then they know where all the other bunkers are. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what I've been watching, bro. Yeah. Been, Just a. I've been jamming two games. Oh, basketball. Oh, PlayStation, yeah. Well, well, I need to get one in here. Damn, I'm getting good. You don't want to smoke. <laughs> oh, here we go. I haven't played since maybe like 2014. I feel. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to Skate Four though. Skate Four is coming out yeah. or getting made. It's crazy graphics, man. It's like watching like, a movie. Go, it's crazy. The um. The 2K stuff is, it's a whole thing, isn't it? Like, people spend money on it, buying, yeah, like, that virtual fun. currency and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get on All the online stuff is loose to me. Yeah. I remember getting it with my Xbox. I got, like, a free trial. And I just played Skate because that's all I got the Xbox for. And then there's just, like, these people just, like, baked off their shit. Just like, yeah, man, that was crazy. And I was just, <laughs> what? Yeah. Who am I talking to? I didn't know what was going on because it was just like free skate, but you could hear the people that were around you or something. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. And they were just baked, man. Just like, oh, yeah. Like, 12 year olds just having a crack. It was funny, I was playing a bit with the boys in that club. I get their headphones on and spill the rubbish. I've never done that shit, eh? But I never got into it. But then, because the boys were playing with the boys, it actually gets quite funny. But I didn't realise the same as you that like everyone can hear our chat. So I'm like chatting like talking about rugby training and like the game and that. And then like they're like, oh, unmute everyone and you can hear like this whole group. So these like fifty odd people are hearing us talk about rugby. And then dude, this can... is how people get gotten eh? Yeah. They're like Dude, people are listening into your shit. Oh. I could only imagine the fucking abuse. Yeah, it's funny. Online the boys, gaming, the boys, Jesus. Yeah, the boys wind Dude, the government's downloading all of that. Yeah, well, They're gonna have you saying some wild shit. Yeah, oh, I haven't seen that. Mm. Dude, I just had that vanilla uh, um, little scroll thing. Look at that, bro. You want some of that? Oh, we'll break him off a little bit. This is, uh, I think it's like a custard. I won't give you the bit I fucking ate. Oh, custody. Can you reach that? Look, custody uh, number there from Pinjarra Bakery. Sponsor the potty if you want, of course. Oh, look. Oh, cool. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's good. Love the friend. Apparently, the best part of the last podcast was me chewing into the microphone. <laughs> Eating food. It's so moist. Make it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. So that's um that's what I've been watching anyway. Fucking hell, we're at about an hour and a half. Like, I don't think we're gonna run for three though. Nah, nah. What's shit to do? How are you getting home anyway? Mind dropping you off? Uh, it's all Sweet, bro. My mum's been looking after me. Sweet. All right, we do have a little bit to get through though. Couple of uh questions, listener oh, topics ish. Oh, cool. I'm not sure who sent this one. It was just an Instagram handle. It was a long name or something. Uh, RPE and percentages. When to use what? Which one do I use? Rating of perceived exertion or percentages? Now, it is easy. It's easy to sort of uh, just back one 
I feel like as a coach, you should have a bit of knowledge, well, a lot of knowledge about both, uh, when to use one over the other, who to use one with, one not with. Um, I feel like for athletes doing other training, RPE is good. I feel like for lifters who are, have been lifting recently, that percentages are good. I feel like the argument isn't always one or the other, it's who and when. Uh, for those of you who don't know, percentage-based lifting would be, or a percentage-based program would be saying, I want you to do five sets of three at 80% of your one rep max, or 80%, this is another one where it goes a little bit wrong, or 80% of your three rep max, which is what it should be, which is a true 80%. Or a rating of perceived exertion, which is RPE. So this is a modified Borg scale, which I think it might have been adapted from a pain scale originally. And then a coach named Mike Teixeira took hold of and sort of made his own, especially within the powerlifting world. Um, the modified Borg was uh, like a 20 to 1 uh, scale. Oh, too much cream in that one, bro. I told ya. Yeah, don't worry, I'll clean the carpet. Fuck. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Borg scale ended up going from like a, a 1 to 20 with like 20 being maximum effort. It might have even been a pain scale or a, a cardiovascular scale, like a, for, for how hard was this exercise, but it was based more on a cardio sort of thing. Uh, then Tashira came along. Uh, he's the most renowned one for it. Um, and uh, the, the modified Borg was already made, I think, and then Tashira sort of adapted it uh, for powerlifters, and it was a 1 to 10, with 10 being like that's a maximum effort, um, and then sort of down to 5 being like felt like a warm-up, that sort of thing. So I like a bit of both, to be honest. I... Almost feel, and I, I think I wrote it in my notes after getting this, that there might be an argument to have something in between with a little bit less, I call it grey area, within, we've all seen lifts that have been like, oh, felt like a seven, and it's like, looked like, ugly as fuck, lost technique, it's a ten. We've all seen those sort of lifts. Yeah. We've all seen coaches program five fives at 95%. Now, when we look at estimated repetition maximums with 95%, you're probably only going to get two or three reps out. So then how are you doing multiple sets of five at it? So you're probably not working at 95%. Yeah. Um, the other thing is to try and figure out whether you're going to do it as a percentage of one RM for a set of more than one means that if you're working at 85% of your 1RM for five reps, it's more like a 5RM. So you're not working at 85%, you're working at 100%. Does that make sense? Yeah. So basing things off a 5RM when you're doing five sets, it's probably more wise. Yeah. Probably needs to happen more often. I feel like there's an argument to take out some gray area and even have a zone sort of training. So like a I haven't thought about it too much. I made a note to think about it and maybe like turn it into a blog or something. Maybe have something like a 
heavy slow red red zone heavy slow and then taper that down to a light fast green so and then in between you might have at max two other zones you might call it you know might call it uh, sort of fuck you can come up with whatever name you want make them yellow and orange zones similar to what they've done with aerobic stuff so you'd be like uh, being your sort of anaerobic your, your aerobic your threshold yeah. your tempo those sort of zones just taking out the grey area a little bit I feel like that's probably worthwhile for more so for athletes especially like this week or this session's green session nothing's allowed to be slow yeah. green green means go there you go that sort of thing or today's allowed to be red this exercise is allowed to be red I want it red they know alright it's got to be heavy enough that it's slowing me down yeah. that sort of thing yeah. I think there's an argument for it because RPE man you look at it it's like oh is it a 6.5 or is it a 7 and you do get better with time with it um the other thing I feel like when you look at RPE and percentages is that the whole reason for RPE is that it takes into account how you are feeling on a given day. So you might come in and you're feeling beat up and a nine on one day is different to a nine on the other, where if it was a percentage, it would be a fixed number. I feel like that percentage program can also change too. For some reason, people think that it's 90%, so it's 90% and it's like a maths problem. I was like, no, well, you can still just come in and be like, all right, it's 90%. I've got this weight here, 9%. It feels like it's 100. I'm going to actually make it 90. Just make it 90. So that's auto-regulating a percentage-based program, which people like, oh, for some reason, they think they can't do. You can 100%, like, 100% you can. Yeah. And that's where that colour scheme would be effective. Oh, yeah. So the colour scheme would be more like an RPE. Yeah. So make it red, make it red. Yeah. You still like, or I want it to be green, yeah. you know, orange today, and orange would just look like normal strength training. Yeah. You know, you're getting all the reps out pretty easily, might slow down towards the end of the, the set. So there's a number of different ways, but I feel like there's something that, like a, an avenue I want to like look down and say, all right, can we come up with a, something to make our own? Yeah. Um, and again, like different athletes are going to be like, powerlifters are going to do more red sessions than like an in-season athlete. Yeah. It might be like you might do a red and a green this week, or and you know powerlifter might be like red, red, green, red, yeah. depending on where they are in their in their sort of program or season. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit about RPE and percentages. Both of them are not fixed. People always think percentages are fixed. They don't have to be fixed. Same sort of thing with. Um, like the, the periodization models that everyone sort of thinks that they were fixed they were always made to be flexible um, and that's where RPE is great because it takes it it's an auto regulated it's like I feel like shit 10 to like a 10 out of 10 today is lighter than a 10 out of 10 when I'm feeling great yeah. it's all good but um, I use a bit of both most uh, more so percentages and more so just telling people hey I want you to increase for three weeks and that's where the zones might come in. Again, it's a red week. Right? So it's a heavy week. It's a red week. So you could use that from a session point of view if you came up with the zones. We're sort of writing this little zones thing as we as we go along. Yeah. 
you could have a red week and a green week. I've sort of done that in the past a little bit like like a colour scheme for them. Yeah. And as an athlete, it's easier to comprehend when you're looking at So much easier. You're looking, you at, have your, to you're start. looking at your training week and go, oh, you can clearly see, all right, I'm getting harder, harder, or I've got a red week on my third week of this program. Okay, I'm working hard then, and then that changes it. Because a lot of the time, man, people, like powerlifters, and because we have powerlifters in gym, they can get fixated on those numbers. Like they really feel, they give a fuck if they're doing 80, not 90. For an athlete, it really doesn't matter because the power output might be exactly the same with 80 as it is 90. Yeah, Yeah, 80 is lighter, but you're moving it faster, which is the stimulus we want anyway at time. So, yeah, I feel like rather than being like, how do you feel? What was that after every set? It was an RPE 6.5. Was it it red? Yeah, it was red. Sick. Yeah, we're, oh, that's where we need to eat. Yeah, I don't know. I guess get some of that brownie in you, bro. It's fucking. Oh, sorry, mate. I'm making it move over here. Oh, oh, got a little chocolate brownie here. What brownie bar? Oh my. Oh, I taste that. I like that one. That's good. So there's a little bit on RP and percentage. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know the person's name is sent it in. It was just a, a cup of tea. I'm not making you a cup of tea, bro. I bought you coffee already. <laughs> That's good. That's handy, that brownie. You got a full, you got a full slab of chocolate, bro. Yeah. All right. The next one is a great question. Made me go in. I should stop eating that. Yeah. Clear it up. Mm. Oh, that's... <laughs> that's grotty, eh? You're going to get some feedback. Oh, that's grotty. <laughs> All right. Next one's from Jamie. Oh. Jamjar on the uh, Instagram. Can you have the best of both worlds when it comes to strength and cardio? Does focusing on one hinder the other? Mm. Now, Yes. Focusing on one does hinder the other. Can you have the best of both worlds? No. So when we train conditioning and strength, we call it concurrent training. Now, the I wouldn't even call it theory. The science behind it suggests that there's two different cell signaling pathways that occur, one for aerobic work, one for strength work. Now, there's obviously going to be gray area, just like there is with energy systems, you're not just using glucose, just using fat, it's always a mixture, it's an influx, I think is the right term to put it. So there is a dominant cell signaling, uh, cell signaling response, depending on whether you're doing strength training or cardiovascular training. So when it comes to endurance, I'm gonna spit out some hot names of some uh, enzymes here. When it comes to endurance, stimulates increases of adenosine monophosphate and adenosine triphosphate that is atp the energy currency of the body Um, and this stimulates the ampk pathway the adenosine monophosphate kinase pathway so you have increased glucose uptake you have increased mitochondria activity which uses oxygen to create energy within the cell that's what the mitochondria do so you have 
increases in these things. Increased fat metabolism and a decrease in protein synthesis. All right, so making of proteins. That is when it comes to endurance or aerobic style training. Like I said, it's not going to be one or the other. It would be in flux, but there would be one that dominates depending on how you're training because we know there's aerobic training, there's strength training, and there's all that area in between. When it comes to strength training, it stimulates an increase in insulin, which makes a lot of sense. Insulin is a hormone that increases the uptake of glucose from the bloodstream into the muscle so it can create energy. All right, so strength training stimulates an increase in insulin and IGF-1, which is insulin-like growth factor. This is the APK, or the protein kinase B pathway. So you have increases in protein synthesis and a decrease in protein degradation. So that's good. We're laying down protein. We have an increase in cell growth. We have an increase in glucose transport. So when we train concurrently, so both at the same time, within the same program, or maybe even within the same session, there is what we call an interference effect. So you are not basically training one as well as you could, and you won't have as great a training effect from one if you're training both. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think. So to put this into sort of basic terms and into practical terms, training strength will help with endurance events. It won't increase your VO2, but it will increase sort of time to exhaustion, force output, efficiency, things like that. Now it's been well, well it's, it has been shown that Lots of high volume, long duration aerobic uh, training will be detrimental to strength training. But it has also been shown that having a greater aerobic capacity will allow you to do and recover from more strength training. So there is a reason to have it placed specifically within a strength athlete's program. Yeah. Because the main focus, probably not going to harness as much strength as you could. So I hope that, hope that makes sense. Another, another practical point of view is, or another, another point to make is, what I just went over, the pathways and you know the, the enzymes that are creating this, creating that, stimulating this, stimulating that, are all good in theory, but most of us, if not all of us, are so far below both our genetic capacities of maximum endurance, maximum strength, that that is never going to be a worry. And we can absolutely rip and really improve both at the same time. Yes, you're gonna get better at, at doing, at, you're gonna get better at aerobic work if you're doing more aerobic work 100 percent um but i feel like most of us from a practical point of view can improve both a shitload before this becomes too much of an issue yeah. or something that we need to worry about yeah. it's just 
made me go and look at a little bit of science behind it and like what's actually happening from physiological point of view. Now, this gets me to something that happened recently. A guy named Adam Klink, CrossFitter. Um, I forget the name of the gym he trains at. He trains at Ben Smith's gym, or he's the owner of Ben Smith's gym, who won the CrossFit Games a couple of times after Froning before Fraser. Did he win it? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he got one. Eh? He doesn't get enough re- fucking respect, does he? Uh, he's been around. He's been around forever too. Um, so the owner of his gym named Adam Klink, first guy documented to run a five-minute mile and squat 500 pounds which is 227 kilos on the same day. So both those things, let's put it in perspective. He did it high bar, I think just in knee sleeves, maybe a belt, 227. Um, that is a decent squat for 99% of the population. Yeah. Like we have one, two, three, Four maybe guys over that squatting over that and that's typically like well they're going to be belts and wraps a couple of them three of them could probably squat it completely raw maybe in just some knee sleeves two of them definitely could actually three of them definitely could um but anyway just to put it in perspective so there's four guys here that can squat over that in our gym they're going nowhere near a five-minute mile. No one in this gym is doing a five-minute mile. So the guy who did it, Adam Clink, I think he's got a soccer background, so he's got that aerobic capacity. Yeah. He's obviously built up enough strength that he can squat 500 pounds. So when this question came up, because he's only done this like within the last month, yeah, okay. first person documented to do it, um, Dave Castro put it out, who's the CrossFit fucking dude. Um, main programmer and all that, he put it out like, would anyone be able to do it? So a five-minute mile is not it's not crazy. Like I said, there's no one at this gym that can do it. Um, that's It's fucking fast, but it's not like you're not winning nationals or winning state championships or anything like that. It's like runner-level running, which runner-level running is pretty fucking hectic, man, when you get... It's like comparing a person who, you know, does squats with 60 kilos to coming in here and like, oh, why have they got five of those each side? Yeah. Those sort of things. It's the same sort of thing. You're like, oh, they're doing like sub 25 Ks is like just what you do and what you've always done. It's like, what? No, it's not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a five-minute mile is not like – I'd like to see what the actual world record for the mile is. I'm going to Google it. Um, it's not hectic from like runner's point of view and 227 – isn't hectic from like a powerlifter's point of view, but to be able to do both of them is nuts. Um, and yeah, this question sort of made me think, We, yes, this is a thing, there is that interference effect, you can't have the best of both worlds, but we, we can still, most of us can all still improve so much before interference becomes a problem. Yeah. Um, and you're just... That, you're pretty, like, you've got to be happy with that. Oh, yeah. World record mile. So when you think like uh, Roger Bannister did the four minute mile, so this guy's not like, and that was like 1954 or something. Yeah. Where's that gone? Where is it? All right. Um, mile run record, record mile pace, record. What do we got? So it's 1600 meters 
I ran fifteen hundred the other day in six, which is again isn't crazy. Like I could probably get it down to about five and a half. Um, pfft, holy hell! What's he got then? Four minutes twelve. Ooh. That's still mate. Four minutes twelve. Oh wait, wait, oh fuck. Are these, oh, 3.43? Oh, dude's still got it, Hisham El Garouche. Three minutes 43 is the world record. Dude, that's hectic. That's a quick one. Still, still, so that guy running it is a, a minute 45 behind, so he's like a good 400 meters behind. Yeah. Whole, whole, Man, whole lap. Anyway, there there is a YouTube vid on there. Guy name guy's name is Adam Clink. Clink with a K. You can look it up. Um, I first, I came across this from a podcast I listened to. Uh, was it Armin Hammer does a like CrossFit commentary that sort of stuff. Um, he mentioned he had a mate who was a silver medalist in the Olympics and world champion steeplechaser, I think, or decathlete, decathlete, who obviously has the capacity to run a five-minute mile pretty easy um, and reckons, you know, he was doing some 600-pound box squats at some point in his career, but, and Arm and Hammer, the podcaster, made a note of saying, like, yeah, that that's the caliber of the athlete, like, he's a, like, silver medalist, Olympian decathlete, world champion decathlete, like, it's that like doing that sort of five minutes and 227 is like that big of a deal yeah. and i don't think i'm hoping there's a, a few more that do it now that that's sort of come out yeah, well, that would be good to see. he also did 50 unbroken pull-ups too just on the day just for yeah. fun so that's a little bit on the old uh concurrent training but i, I definitely liked just like feats like that i like i like looking at them like whoa sort of you you how do you weigh up against it? Yeah. So like 227 is 12 kilos more than I've ever squatted. And I'd have to do a mile. I reckon I could probably do it a mile, maybe 540. Another 100, yeah, 540. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Might have to go for a, a 1600. Might have to, yeah, have a crack. 540, maybe five and a half. You should do that. See where we're at. Don't have a crack in the server. I squatted 210 this year. Yeah. I might not be uh, I do it taking off, day. dude, putting on, when like that's a max, 210. That was in knee knee wraps as well. Yeah. So to put on, like I've squatted 215, I was 106 kilos. If I, that's putting on like another 14 kilos, which means it's going to take away from my running. You know what I mean? So I would have to probably... I'd have to do a lot of strength. Like it's it's hard. Like where do you put your time? Yeah. Like some of my like myself is probably in the area of the sort of physique that might be able to do it long enough and tall enough to be able to run fast enough if you can fucking figure it out mm. and s- sort of strong enough to be pushing towards it. I don't know. Yeah. These are interesting conversations I like to I like to sort of have and. You should do one one point six. Yeah, I should have a crack, eh? And, and see and like push it. Yeah. And finish it. Like, well, because I did I did fifteen hundred at 
15 k's, which is six minutes, yeah. 1500. So you add another hundred, let's say it's six minutes, 30. I reckon you come pretty close to that, to that five. Flat. Six minutes, 30. Uh, I reckon five and a half. Yeah, on the treadie. Yeah. I don't know. I reckon five and a half. And I couldn't squat 200 at the moment. I'd probably be around the 180 as a max, but it would hurt because I haven't been squatting. Anyway, if anyone wants to have a crack at it, have a crack at it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I love it. Um, what else have we got? Mindset in the bubble. A little bit of mindset. Athletes in the bubble, bro. Okay. Not being able to. So this is from uh, our our friend and only guest on the podcast, Martin, who is, I'm pretty sure he's, I'm not sure what the deal is with him. I think he has to get tested because he works for the Eagles, but he's still got his own job, So, but he's still been doing the Eagles stuff. Yeah, okay. I don't think he can just come and go. So yeah. he must be getting tested every time he goes Jeez. into contact with them. Yeah, he'd have to be. So he just asked like what it would be like mindset in the bubble. Uh, from what I've seen, like I only follow a few athletes um, that I've sort of noticed what they're doing. A uh, little bit of golf going on. See the Western Force boys doing some chip shots, that sort of stuff. They'd be hanging out with each other, getting playing out games. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure of the. Uh, Oh, actually, I've seen a few of the uh, NBA guys. There's a few vlogs going on. Oh, yeah. A few vlogs going on in the NBA. Uh, I know, like, LeBron and, and AD were on 2K. Yeah. You can have those weird, though, because there were people that people knew who their characters were and, like, following them around within the game or something. Yeah, my brother was telling me something. Real weird. Know, Real weird. Or, like, crash or server crash or something. But mindset in the bubble, um, how would you be? I feel like some people who are all about it would be lapping it up because they wouldn't have any distractions. No. They could just... They're in it 24-7. 24-7, they would love it. So, like, if you if you said, like, cricketers, Steve Smith, you know what I mean? Oh, he'd be loving it. All he has to worry about is cricket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those sort of those sort of dudes, those sort of athletes that just lap it up and are real nerds for their sport would just be loving it. I'm just going to get better. Sweet. No it'd be distractions. Hard, it'd be hard for the boys that have families. Like the other boys. Oh yeah, and no, you've seen that within hard. like the NRL, like some of the the Warriors boys. Are like, well, not only are they getting pumped, get, <laughs> get pumped. The coach is getting sacked. They're living in fucking Lismore or some shit. Yeah. Um. But there is only so much, especially with the sport like rugby. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. I suppose you can keep working on your ball skills. You have to have your downtime. Have to have your downtime. So there'd be a lot of golf going on, like I said, a lot of golf. You'd be, you'd be, oh, mate, you'd be getting hacky sacks involved, yo-yos, be getting all the toys. Table tennis. Heaps of heaps of like two K. Yeah. Um, reading. Lots of reading, studying. Like it's time to take up a course, bro. You got nothing else to do. Take up a course. Everything's online nowadays. Your mindset, I think, would just to be um, keeping busy, knowing, not knowing, but understanding, and I'm sure they do the, oh, I don't know, not the, what's the word for it? Not how easy they've got it, but how much worse other people will have it. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't quarantined, but they've lost their job, can't work, 
Yeah. Like you get to sort of chill out here in a hotel. And they're working. Like you're getting paid a little bit less than normal, but still a good amount. I think is AFL on full pay. I'm not too sure. I know the um. Oh, there's a couple of leagues that aren't on full pay. No. The NRL's not on full pay, I don't think. Um, just because they well, they might back be back now because there's crowds back. I'm not too sure. I, yeah. yeah, it depends. But I would just like try and have that perspective. You know, like a, a good perspective. Like you know, I'm I'm pretty lucky that yeah. yeah, I have to be away from this or away from that, or I don't have as much freedom that I that I'd like to, but. I'm in a good spot. This is what I do. Compared to a lot of other people. So and it's not gonna be forever, hopefully. So that would be the mindset to try and try and adopt. Yeah. It would obviously get you'd have to be doing a lot of FaceTiming, a lot of that sort of stuff with family, a lot. Be tough for those guys. One thing I would probably push for would be like, you don't know when, but eventually it will end. Yeah. Yeah, so it will end, it's not forever. Yeah. So yeah, just try and have that perspective of how good you do have it compared to a lot of other people, yeah. even though it's pretty shit at the moment. Yeah. That would be the biggest thing when it comes to mindset, I think, in the bubble. That's uh, Thanks for Marty for that one. That's about it, bro. Where are we at? A couple of hours. Are you fading away, bro? You got no energy. No, I'm good. Oh, you'll go for another hour, bro. Nah. Hit me, well, what are you? I told you to bring some stuff to the table. You got anything for the table? Slack shit, no, eh? No, it's just... I thought we covered good. My one that I wanted to talk about was just the mental toughness of setbacks or, or not mental toughness but your approach to it because, I mean, not just people that play sports get setbacks, people just in the gym get injuries as well. Yep, so yep, yep. It, it covers for everyone that has a situation where there is setbacks because everyone suffers setbacks. Yeah, well, so I think uh, sort, of, sort of to conclude what we... What we said when it comes to the mindset stuff, because I wanted to touch on it, and like I said, I do find it hard to to uh, put into words how to create that mindset and without being just like regurgitating random motivational shit. Make sure that you understand there's going to be problems. The problems are the way to go. The obstacle is the way. You're allowed to feel a certain way it is how you react to them that is going to see you through to the other side or how you know what sort of outcome you're gonna gonna have um and if you sort of let it become all consuming and let it become part of you you know that's that will probably make it harder to get through um, like I mentioned, the if you know it's going to be a problem before it's a problem, it's less of a problem. And the reacting unemotionally, that's sort of the two little pieces of, I don't know, advice? Advice? Yeah. Advice. Little pieces of uh, wisdom that I feel when it comes to an injury are important. Or anything, really. Any sort of setback. But that's about it from me. You got anything else, bro? I think we've covered it all. It'll either make out or it will break out. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks, brother. No worries, thank you.